This is Eastman's Elevated Podcast. I have on great guests that are really knowledgeable, consistently successful. We're able to dive deep down the rabbit holes of these different subject matters of shooting, of physical fitness, of mental toughness and drive. All the different skills that make up a complete hunter that you can become. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So today on the podcast, I have on Kevin Toyo from Focused Hunting Podcast. Uh, So I've been a guest on his podcast. We had a great conversation on there, and uh, they do a great job, so make sure to check that out. Uh, I've been, like, I really like talking to Kevin. He's one of those guys that's really disciplined, puts in all the work to be successful, and now is reaping the rewards uh, of that work and discipline and dedication. And so we talk about that today on the podcast, as well as his great season hunting elk, um, kind of some of his mindset around things. We get into some some family stuff, uh, just a, a really good conversation and podcast that I really enjoyed. We'll get right into it. Just going to thank a couple sponsors here. I want to thank Eberly Stock Packs. Uh, so yeah, I just um, did a podcast here. So uh, I was at the expo there and... Um, yeah, I had uh, Jackson Reed on from uh, Everly Stock Packs and just an absolute go-getter. And that's what I like about that staff there is they're all just go-getters and killers and um, out in the woods testing their gear. So Everly Stock builds a good pack for a good price point that'll just um, be durable, hold up to the abuse, pack the weight right. Uh, they have different packs for different designs, although some of these packs can just be a good all-around pack. So that uh, main frame with the Vapor Series bag is lightweight with a good frame, packs elk meat really good that you can uh, cinch in between the bag and the pack, which gets it really close to your back where that weight should be. Uh, so you can put different bags on, 2,500, 5,000, and 7,500 cubic inch bag. Uh, I really like the 5,000, seems to be like a really good fit for packing around. It all cinches tight, uh, grab some extra straps that you can cinch around the front end and packs good. I, I also really like their Kite Day Pack. Uh, their Kite 4800 I've been using this season for expedition style trips. I also really like the destroyer internal frame backpack uh just packs the weight really good it's got a lot of cubic inches and use that for expedition style trips as well so if you're in the market for a new pack make sure to check them out over at everly stock i also want to thank matthews i've been shooting that new lift like crazy got some good arrows set up for that thing um they're just a super accurate bow i love like the top hat system in the tuning where you can really get that tune to go pat and go through the power path of the the string uh really easy to set up and then they just hold a tune matthews this year upgraded their strings as well which are really quality strings which i haven't seen any movement in or any twist in my peep or anything like that so uh great strings great bow they're just really forgiving and the quietest bows out there, which those quiet bows, I just got a message on social media about shooting at mule deer and mule deer jumping the string. And I really think the quieter bow you have, 
uh, the better chance you have on that animal waiting on the arrow, you know, like say a mule deer or whitetail, axis and antelope are also horrible at jumping strings. So I think that gives me a real advantage out there. And then it's just so forgiving and holds up to all the abuse I put on it. So um, yeah, if you're in the market for a new bow, uh, go shoot one. That new Matthews Lift is a great bow, getting great performance out of it. So getting even better performance than out of the phase four from last year for me. And um, the thing's just shooting some insane groups. I just love how forgiving a bow is when you shoot groups and surprise yourself. Um, been shooting a lot of indoor, and then I'll step outdoor and shoot a bit, and my groups are just so tight. So super pumped with this bow. Can't wait to put it to work in the 2024 season. So go check them out. I also want to thank Forever Barnwood. Uh, Forever Barnwood uh, does this barnwood product that looks like old, but it's new pine. So... Uh, you know, old barn wood, you have to worry about being straight, having checks, not holes in it. It's really tough to work with where this stuff is so straight and true that us carpenters love it. And it makes like a better product in the end. Uh, I used all this stuff on my personal house, which is absolutely one of a kind. And really the custom homes that Barney Construction builds, this forever barn wood product really sets us apart from other homes in the valley. Uh, custom doors that hold up really good. Their finish holds up really good. I do like my window jams, window trim out of it, door trim. So like base and case, I use their base, which is a five inch base in it. They have a shiplap product, uh, basically anything you can dream up. Uh, really a big fan of these custom doors, but I just got a delivery yesterday for these couple houses that I'm finishing off and, uh, we got just a ton of barn board and, um, ready to start, um, wrapping these things up so yeah it's gonna look really good i'll i'll post some mic some pictures on my social media but check them out forever barnwood they'll ship anywhere great product uh really a huge fan of them and also want to thank black ovis so black ovis is an internet retail shop has absolutely everything you need for your next hunt uh really knowledgeable staff uh, they have a promo code right now where you can save 10 percent off your order by putting in extra 10 so 10 percent off any gear uh, let's see, this year for my upgrades of my gear system, I'm going to look at Stone Glacier and see what they have for that single man tent. So definitely going to look at that. God, I had like another small thing. I'm thinking like a, maybe like a, a sitting pad or something like that to keep me dry and just a little bit more comfortable when glassing and they don't weigh too much. So a couple things that I'm thinking about upgrading, I also may need another like um, insulated uh, uh, water bag that will um, carry my water and also keep it cool during those those um, really hot, dry seasons or keep it from freezing when it's cold. So they're like an insulated water bladder. So I'm also going to look for that on their site. So a couple things I'm upgrading this year, but check them out over at Black Ova. Skin that promo code is extra 10. Check out everything that we're doing over at Eastman's. We've got both the magazines, Tag Hub right now as we're in application season. There's only a couple states down and a bunch to go. So uh, you can try to learn these states and these units and species and what they have to offer. So check out the Tag Hub. Brian uh, is the promo code for that. Save you a little bit. And then uh, the Mule Deer co course, Brian MDC. Uh, the other podcast, Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal, Life of a Bow Hunter, I do with Dan Picard. Have a lot of fun doing that. And um, yeah, our, our uh, 
YouTube as well, Eastman's uh, Beyond the Grid, or you can just search Eastman's Hunting TV and that'll come up. We do a new season every year, which are hunts from the previous season, and so there's always some good ones releasing, and I'll have some good ones coming out uh, this year uh, as well that I'm super excited to see the edit on. So check that out. And with that, let's get into this podcast, a great one with Kevin Toyo from the Focused Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Barney, Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. Figure a bow hunter like you will just hit record and get talking. Yeah, sounds good, buddy. Okay, cool. All right. Welcome. Um, man, this has been a long time coming, Kevin. Um, really happy to have you on the podcast. It, uh, uh, your podcast has sure been doing well. Yeah, thanks. It's uh, it's a lot of work, and thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, you know, these things, uh, they're a lot of work, but they're a lot of fun. <laughs> they are a lot of work. It's a... It's a bit like being on a treadmill, isn't it? It's like it's not an immense amount of work for one week or to produce the podcast, but it it just seems like it's week after week of um you know being able to get quality guests, quality conversations, doing the editing. It's just a bit like a treadmill. Yeah, it is for sure. It's uh, it's yeah. It, it, like I said, it, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of fun. You get to meet a lot of great people, have a lot of great conversations, and share the passions that you love. So. I mean, I love it. It's to me, it's worth it. Man, it um, yeah, it it does really help, doesn't it? It's like, you know, it, we're in the information day and age, and anytime you can take uh, somebody's experience and be able to apply some of their tips and tactics to your own hunting, it sure improves it. And that's why you know guys are listening into our podcast. Uh, but but we get the added benefit of being able to have all these in-depth conversations, which like uh, sparks the brain and gets you thinking about your own hunting. Yeah, man, one hundred percent. I mean, you know, I, I, on my show we get such great great guests like yourself. You know, world accomplished bow hunters, and you know, um, I have two co-hosts, and you know, it just makes us better hunters for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's a a, a major part of it, and um. The thing uh, that I love about, like, uh, you know, I was on your podcast, the uh, uh, Focus Hunting Podcast, and then, um, yeah, I've been following you, and uh, what I like, Kevin, is, like, you're doing all the little things. Like, you really believe in the process of becoming a better bow hunter, and you're putting in the work day in, day out, and that's, like – you know, we're talking about the the mental side, but the physical side, the shooting, you know, you're doing all that while, you know, raising kids and having a full-time job and such. Um, man, it's um, it's really important to believe in that process, isn't it, of self-improvement? Yeah, I mean, like for myself, um, you know, I, I was never really skilled at too much. I didn't have much natural ability. I realized that playing sports early on growing up and but I always wanted the achievements and the accolades. And uh, so I, I learned that if I wanted to accomplish anything, I was going to have to work really hard. And in doing so, I kind of just fell in love with the process of, 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 a, of these achievements. You know, for me, it's not really, I mean, the reward is nice, but for me, the journey is, is, is the part I love. Oh man. Um, it's so spot on. It, the fun is in the journey, isn't it? It's like it takes a while to realize that I think in my younger years I chased that chased that accomplishment so much and like that felt like the important piece of it was accomplishing my goals and killing a great bull or killing a great buck. 
but the the longer I I, I do it, I, yeah, it's like the the enjoyment is really in the journey, like putting all your effort into something, like all your thoughts, all your effort, working really hard towards a goal, um, and, and really the journey of trying to to harvest a, a trophy sized critter. The enjoyment is in that hunt and the thrill and the close calls. Uh, I, I tend to realize that more, like the older I get, that that it really is in the journey, and I enjoy. I enjoy the training like the even though we're in the off season right now, like I couldn't be more fired up for 2024. Yeah, man, me too. And, and um, one of the things becoming a bow hunter kind of, you know, it one thing about being a bow hunter and it, it centers me. It's it's part of my discipline. And for myself, I need, you know, I need to follow a very strict discipline. It just makes me I find I mean, it makes me better if I can follow the same routine. You know, I get up early, I do my training, I do my training early in the morning. That way I have time. If something comes up after school, I can still spend time with the kids. Cause that, to me, that's really important. I mean, this, this passion and this love of mine, this is, this is my journey. It's not my kids. And, and I don't want to take any, anything away from their dreams and their, their goals. And I like to, you know, I like to be part of the, of, of what they got going on and make sure I can be actually present and not just, you know, in the, you know, checking it off the list saying, Oh, you know, I, I, I put my kid to bed and I, I read him a book. I could check that off my list. Now I can go back to what I'm doing. I can actually be present in their lives as well. Um, man, it, um, it takes, it takes effort in all avenues of life and definitely being a father and being a husband. If you don't hold that in a high regard, and you just work towards your bow hunting goals, like your life will fall apart around you. Like it is about living this this balanced life and making sure that you're present and have an impact with your kids. And like you say, not just checking it off the list, not just being there, uh, you know, inside the house or at the dinner table, but really being present in their lives. And, you know, I'm lucky my kids are, are getting older. Like, um, you know, now we're, um, uh, uh, 19 and 16. And so like, um, I can really have like these in-depth conversations about life, about their sports, about insight. And, you know, they, they don't like, they have to learn all these lessons themselves as well. It's not like you can just pass on all these characteristics or just like, um, slide them across the table. And all of a sudden they're mentally tough and they have fortitude. It, it is about raising them that way, but they have to learn these lessons along the way of, of hardship. They have to learn failure and success and hard work and like all these lessons. But I think it's like really important to have these in-depth conversations like around the dinner table or at night about, you know, about their day, about maybe some shortcomings or maybe um, uh, some challenging pieces of their life and how they can approach it. I, it's so important, man, to be present and there for our kids. Like my, my bow hunting accolades mean nothing, you know, if I if I uh, don't raise my daughter's right or if I'm not a good husband. So you really have to carry that mindset into all facets of life. And and that's, you know, into work as well. Like, it does no good if I get fired from a job, you know, but I kill a big buck. At least for me, I have to have a balanced life. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, with, you, exactly like you said, you have to you have to let your kids fall down and pick themselves up. And I know, like, uh, I never had an easy road. I mean, my parents were there, but, I mean, 
they were there. That was about it. And I, I think that kind of made me the person I am today. I mean, I was told, you know, if you fall, fall on your back, because if you can look up, you can get up, right? So, um, yeah, and I, I just try to, you know, raise my kids the same way. You know, I, I want to be there. I want to help them. And obviously, there is a lot of times where I'd, I'd like to do things for them so they don't have to struggle. But, I mean, struggling is all part of it. I mean, you have to struggle. You have to learn those hard lessons. It's just going to make you a better person. It's going to make you, a, you know, a harder worker in the end. And especially in these days, I think uh, – I think we could all, I mean, the new generation anyway could use a little bit more of that. One hundred percent. Yeah, it uh, it is. It's like a fine line, isn't it? Because you want to uh, have a good life for your kids and you, you don't want to see them struggle or have hardships. But that is like such a big, important piece to it. Like you can't give them everything or it's just the entitlement will run rampant, you know, and so you, you do – it's a, a difficult position to be in, and there's no handbook to raising kids. And so, you know, and each one is so different. Uh, and, and, you know, you you also have to be different in your approach. I know, like, my daughters are so vastly different, you know, like the way I approach them when they do something wrong or when they do something right or our conversations. But you're so right, man. It's like you can't, you can't give them everything and expect them to turn out well. Like, um, they have to go through that struggle themselves. I think, like, sports is such a great avenue for that for good life lessons you know also their their school and school work and i'm lucky where that seems to come easy for my daughters where they just work hard and always bring home straight a's and you know i am sure they they have their or i know they have their their issues and challenges that come up or maybe teachers and that but uh that seems to come pretty natural but where i really see it is like them playing sports like really wanting to be good at something and then putting in the work towards it and and also you know like you mentioned like um you know we don't uh you know we don't we don't build genetic beasts in in my family as well you know like we're fairly smaller in size which is like you know you can also look at it as an asset you know when you're quicker and smaller you have better coordination you you know it's like every every basketball team needs a point guard too but um yeah i i definitely see it in sports as like a good avenue for my girls that i really like watching them um you know progress mentally and physically in it yeah to me physical fitness is very important and you're right i mean like i have two boys and a daughter. So I, I definitely am a lot different with my daughter than I am with my boys. And I, I can be, I wouldn't say too hard on my boys at times, but I'm definitely harder on them than I am on my daughter. But uh, yeah, I, I agree, man. Like physical fitness and sports are just, they're such a huge, they play such a big role in, in our lives, even as adults and our, you know, our mental health, um, obviously your physical health. But in kids too, you know, um, my kids, my both my boys are really active. Uh, my girl, she's more of an academic, but you know, we I try to make it an event for her and I together. That's where that's when we spend our time. So you know, I'll take her to figure skating, and uh, we started running, um, and so we run together now. Um, we just I just incorporate these things we're doing together, and and you know. I, I do spend a lot of time with the boys, you know, being in the, uh, an outdoorsman. I, I take the boys out quite a bit. You know, we're always in the, in the bush, um, checking trail cameras, just going for, going for hikes or finding sheds or going hunting or you name it. So that time with my daughter is 
really important. And I, uh, again, yeah, I mean, physical fitness is, is just plays such a huge, huge role in it being a big part of my life. I want to incorporate it to into her life as well, because I mean, you know, if, if you can stay, if you can build it into habit at a young age, it's going to carry with you in, as an adult. And I know for myself, that's why I'm so physically active now. And I feel like that's, you know, is why I'm, I'm in such good health as I am is because, you know, I've always just sort of, I've always just stayed physically fit and like, don't get me wrong. There was times, you know, in my twenties when I, when I, uh, I did a lot of partying and, and probably more than I should have like anybody else, but, uh, you know, I've always maintained the physical aspect of it. Man, it's, it's huge, isn't it? The, the physical aspect and, um, you know, there's so many different facets to bow hunting to our skill set that you can't, you know, it isn't, it isn't one that's going to make or break you. Um, you know, it's, it's like you need all these different skill sets to be successful, but boy, physically fit is, um, sure a, a huge piece and component of that. And it, it just keeps us healthy and it gives us such confidence too. It's confidence in our bodies. Uh, it also helps sharpen our mind, which um, definitely comes into play on these tough hunts. But boy, being physically fit, I think it 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 keeps us younger. But it it just um, it takes away the governor. It's like when I'm when I'm out and in the mountains, there's no buck that's too far, no bull that's you know down in a hole that I can't get out. I just have such trust in my body that. Not only can I get to where that animal is at or make a play at him or give myself a chance at success, but, you know, I also can rely upon my body to be able to get that bull out of country, even if I am by myself, or to be able to pack that mule deer out no matter how far back I am. It it just gives me such confidence, and then I, I think it, it, you know, as we all age, it, like, keeps me young, too. Like, I just, um, I, I, uh... I just it gives me such confidence in my body and in my abilities that just that uh, that consistency that you're talking about of building habits and in building habits, you know, it can seem like this this huge mountain you have to climb to be able to get yourself into good physical shape, you know, to where you can rely upon your body. But really, it's just making those positive habits. And I do the best when I when I'm building those habits and working towards them each and every day. And then it just seems to come easy for me. But I bet it's the same like you're up in BC, the same on your hunts that physical fitness play uh, as huge of a role as it does for me. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. I mean, like you said, you just you, you can take the governor off. It, it's just one thing you don't have to worry about, I find. I mean, um, if you're physically fit, you, you don't have to you don't have to worry about it. And, and if you do it year round, this is what I find. If you do it year round, well, number one, if you're healthier, you're going to live longer. You're going to be able to hunt longer. I tell that to people all the time. So, I mean, if you want to hunt more, hunt longer, get in shape. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like. You just never have to. It's just one thing you never have to worry about. So if I want to get up and go over that ridge and crest that ridge, I don't have to worry about getting to the top and being out of gas. I'll still be able to draw my bow back, uh, which is which is massively important. Um, and going into those places that, you know, sometimes you need to get to. If, if, if you don't have to worry about any of that, especially, I mean, you've been to BC, you know what it's like. Some of these places can get pretty gnarly. And, uh, and you know, if, if you're not 
in physical condition, it's going to limit you and limit your hunt. And I mean, the animals, they have no limit. They go where they, they go where they're going to go. They don't, uh, physical fitness for them is, it's not an option. So if you want to get into the places that you need to find these mule deer and these elk and, you know, these goats and stuff, you got to be fit. You got to be fit. And for me, I, like we were talking about earlier, it's the consistency. If you chip away at it daily, just daily, it's going to compound. And, in, you know, you might not notice it in a month. You're going to notice it in six months. You're really going to notice it in a year. But in like three, five, ten years of doing it consistently, that's when you're going to notice it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, the the compounding. Yeah, you're yeah. so right. Yeah, it, it just gets you to where you want to be. And I think, too, a lot of my confidence, too, is I think like – um. You know, I I see, you know, everybody's got an opinion and, and um, you know, not that I pay much attention, but I do hear that, you know, maybe I run too much and that that's going to wear out my knees or that I see, uh, you know, working construction is going to be bad on my back or, but I just really notice that when I put in the work and I build those layers of strength that, uh, my body adapts to the stress I put on it, and I think I'm, you know, I'm better for all the running. I'm better for all the construction work, and my back and my knees and my shoulders have never been stronger. Like, um, you know, at at, and I'm still young, you know, but still, even being mid forties, I I feel like I see some of these guys that that are telling me I shouldn't run so much because. I need a knee replacement and they're getting a knee replacement and they've never ran, you know, more than a few miles. So I really think the body adapts to the stress you put on it. And I think you like build the, these muscles around your joints to where, you know, I don't have any knee pain and I don't, you know, and I, I run six, seven days a week and they just don't ache or have any pain. And maybe some of it's genetic, but I really think the body adapts around it. And I find too that a lot of my confidence hunting like gnarly terrain is like this support around my ankles, around my knees that, you know, I just don't get injured. Like my body uh, is so durable. Like I, I'm not going to twist my ankle at the top of a ridge because I've ran hundreds and hundreds of miles on these ankles and I've built up all this muscle and support around them to where, you know, it just seems like the, the body really adra- adapts to the stress that you put on it and you make yourself stronger by adding those, those layers of strength. It isn't the other way around. It's like, uh, it's, it's one of my major theories around life, you know, it's like it, the, the, the human body is a, amazing at what it'll do or what you can accomplish when you work at it. And not that I don't have an acre pain here or there that I have to work around, but it, the body's also remarkable at healing itself as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. You just, yeah, you gotta be smart. And I actually recently just hired a, a running coach and I love running. I'm just like, you know, just like you, I love it. I absolutely you get out for these trail runs or just these, even these long runs. And man, I mean, you know, they're just, they're, they're so peaceful. They're so relaxing. And a lot of people, you try to tell that to people who've never ran and like, but you, it's, it's again, you, you got to, you have to enjoy, you have to enjoy the journey, right? You can't just go for a run to say, well, I'm going to go for a run because I need to lose weight. I mean, obviously, yes, if you, that's going to help, but it's this journey, right? It's this journey of being a bow hunter, running, training, this is all for me. It's it's part of the journey. And uh, but yeah, I mean, like running, it, it's it's so relaxing for me. And I just recently hired a running coach to help um, with an uh, injury. Like when you're on our show last, I think last summer we talked about it. I was training for that uh, ultra marathon, and I kind of 
was going a little too hard day in, day out, day in, day out. And I, I didn't, uh, I wasn't listening to my body and it, uh, and I, I suffered a really bad hip injury. It was pretty debilitating and almost, almost, if it wasn't for my son missing the opportunity on a three point, uh, buck, my season last year probably would have ended up a lot differently than it did for sure. Hmm. Uh, uh, what happened with the the buck that he missed? Um, okay, well, so I had that hip injury, and um, it was it was you know I could barely sit, I could barely walk. So I'll tell the story here where where we were hunting. So one day, um, one day we were hunting. So like with with this hip injury, I wasn't able to do any. Um, I wasn't going to be able to do any like you know overnight long very very arduous, difficult hunting, which I like to do, right? Like to get to these places where the mule deer like to be, I like to get into, you know, free ridges over where the elk like to be. But um, I figured, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to do that, but at least I can get out with my son. He was 11, at, uh, 11 years old at the time. So I was going to get out hunting with him and, uh, you know, with him, his hunts, they're a lot less physically demanding. I mean, for now, anyway, I'm sure down the road they're going to be a little bit later. So what we were doing, we were just driving these old deactivated logging roads uh, and then like still hunting along, you know, the, the sort of semi-flat terrain. Stuff that I'd be able to handle if um, if he if he ended up getting something, we'd still be able to get it back to the truck. It wasn't going to be too hard to get out. I didn't want to have to call for help and have it sitting, you know, on the side hill in the heat we wanted to get it out right away. So we're sticking to that kind of ground. And uh, one day we spotted a really nice um, three, three point whitetail buck. And I said, there you go, Wyatt. But you know, he's, he's 11 years old. And the funch, uh, fortunately he didn't have his, uh, his equipment ready. He took a little too long and the bun and the buck ended up running away. Um, so, you know, I was explaining to him, I was like, well, you know, son, you, you always have to be ready when you're out here. Um, you never know when you're going to get the opportunity on an animal a, especially of that quality. You know, he kind of looked at me as an 11 year old dud does with a little glossed over look and he didn't say anything. So it was still a little eating at me a little bit. I got kind of aggravated. And, um, I said, without actually saying, um, you know, buddy, you might never get an opportunity on a buck like that this year again. And he, uh, he looked at me and he just said, maybe now, I'll give some context to this. So above my desk, I have this little plaque my wife got me, and it's the story of the Chinese farmer. Do you know that story? No, I don't. So I'll tell it here. Um, the, you, you, you've probably heard it along the way somewhere, and I'm sure your listeners have heard it some, but I'll tell it anyway. So for those who haven't heard the story of the Chinese farmer, um, there's this old farmer who he lives in a village, and uh, one day his horse runs away, and uh, all his neighbors come up to him and they say, oh, you know, that's horrible, horrible. Your horse ran away, he says. Maybe. Um, two days later, the horse comes back. But now he brought six wild horses with him. And then his neighbors come over to him and say, hey, this is great. You thought you had one horse. Now you have many. And he says, maybe. The next day, his son was breaking in the, one of the wild horses, and uh, he got bucked off and broke his leg. Again, the neighbors, they all come around and say, hey, this is horrible. You know, your son broke his leg, and he says, maybe. A few days later, the army is coming around. They're looking to recruit young soldiers. they got to go to war, and they want to take his son. He's laid up. He can't walk. And again, 
the neighbors come around and say, oh, this is wonderful. Your son doesn't have to go to war. He says, maybe. So now going back to my son and our hunt, you know, we hunted around for a few more hours. And on our way back, we see a, a really nice mule deer in velvet. And, uh, you know, like I love mule deer um, up here in Canada. We have a relatively late start to the season in terms of like finding velvet bucks. So you don't get to find them too often. And I've never shot a velvet mule deer. I've always dreamed of it. But uh, so anyway, we close up on this de- this deer and white drops it. And, uh, you know, we get it. We get it all processed back to the truck. And as we're driving out, it just hits me like a ton of bricks. And going back to that Chinese farmer story, we don't have a crystal ball. Um, we can't predict the future. We don't we don't really know what the outcome of something's going to be later on down the road. And many things we think of in life that at the time we think are bad, they end up being really good. And it's funny, like it took the simple outlook on life of an 11 year old to give me perspective and um, after that trip, I regrouped, made plans in different hunting areas where I knew I could hunt because of my hip injury. And, you know, I, I think I had probably the most successful season I've ever had as a bow hunter. That's amazing. That's so good, Kevin. Yeah, man. Um, it's brutal with that hip injury, but uh, it's all about perspective, right? And and what oh, you yeah, can no, do. I'll, so. Yeah you kind of like reanalyzed the situation and uh, came up with what you could do and then came out with one of your best seasons to date. That that hip injury, it's tough, right? It's a tough balance between pushing hard and adding those layers of strength and then, you know, like listening to your body and giving yourself rest. And that's like part of the challenge when you're so driven is that you'll put up with a lot of that pain and you can actually be injuring yourself worse. And what the body really needs is rest. And that's like the one thing that us guys can't stand to give our bodies is that, that rest, you know, it starts feeling better and then we're back out on it and injured again. At least that's been, you know, my, my path with any of the the injuries that I've had is like the one thing I don't give it is rest. And that's the one thing it needs. But it's like a double-edged sword because you also have to be able to push through, you know, little minor aches and pains and get your run in to have your discipline, you know? So it's such a balance. So that must be, um, well, like you stated, like a lot of the reason why you have a running coach that can lay out training for you to make sure that you don't get an injury like that. Yeah, 100%. And what we're doing and right off the get go, I, you know, I, 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 I quit running. I, I obviously I, I wasn't able to run, that 100 so i quit running and my focus was just on getting better for the season i still trained you know i still lifted weights and all that stuff everything i could in my you know everything that was possible to get me back to make sure that i was still gonna be able to hunt and then after the season i started you know i felt really good um and then yeah working with a running coach is a lot different it's uh it reminds me of being in school it's funny that we talk about pushing too hard and like everything i have in life whenever anything gets tough i just work harder that's what i've always done my whole life and it's always worked and i you know if something always worked you keep doing it but um like you said you have to listen to your body and when it needs a day off it needs a day off you can't just keep pushing and pushing and there's a difference from like running 10 kilometers a day to running 40 50 kilometers a day right um but working with this coach yeah i mean it's like being in school again and it's it's funny like the second day in, he was already yelling at me, telling me to slow down, not to push too hard because we got to, we basically, we have to, we don't want, we don't want that injury to reoccur. So we have to work your way up again. And, uh, but man, yeah, I mean, guys like us, we just, we want to 
push, we want to push, we always want to push further and further, harder and harder. But yeah, man, when it comes to some parts and some aspects of the body, um, yeah, you definitely got to just, just, you know, trust the process. Well, and those, those injuries, they're really tough on us physically and on our training, but I think they're tougher on us mentally, like uh, had to take you to some pretty dark places that you had to make your way through. And and, in a lot of it's the uncertainty of not knowing how bad the injury is or if you are going to be able to recover or, you know, it's like uh, uh, this uncertainty surrounds you for not just an hour or a day, but for weeks or for months with an injury like that uh, had to had to be like some dark places you had to get yourself through mentally there, too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it happened, it was bugging me and I kept going and I pushed through and it just, it just never went away. And then all of a sudden one day I couldn't get out of bed. And like, as soon as that happened, my, my first thought was September 1st, what's this going to do to September 1st? Cause ultimately, I mean, the training and all this is part of my process. It's, it's part of everything, but I want to be, I'm a bow hunter. I want to be out there when bow season starts on September 1st. And it was, and it was one of those things where I said, okay, well, you know, it's, it's middle of July. There's still six weeks left. I got lots of time. So, you know, I just, a week goes by and like, okay, well, you got five weeks left. Another week goes by and like, well, there's still a month and another week and another week. And, you know, it's not getting any better. And you're seeing, and you're seeing, you know, I'm going to physio, I'm seeing the doctor, I'm doing everything I can possibly do that I think I'm, I can do anyway. And everybody I'm going to, they're like, this this type of injury is like six months to a year. And I'm just like, and in my head, I'm not, it's not absorbing in my head yet, right? Like, it's just not, it's not processing. It's like, no, 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 not, not me, not, no, I'll be fine. I mean, that might be somebody else, but it's not me. And then sure enough, yeah, September 1st rolls around and can't go on my mule deer hunt that I normally go to. But like I said, you know, it's all about perspective. Um, you know, it gave me the opportunity to take my son out. It, it, I learned a lot that day hunting with him and like, I, not that I didn't know it. I just needed to, I just needed to, to find it out again. And I, it needed to happen that way. And like I said, after that trip I had with him, you know, I went home. I said, hey, look, you know, there is spots I can hunt. I'm just going to have to make the best of this. And, you know, I, I started looking around and, and went on Onyx and, and found some spots I knew I was going to be able to handle that I knew there were kind of there were elk in that area because I've, I've been in there hunting other animals before. And sure enough, you know, two weeks later, I killed a real nice six by six. And, um, yeah, and it just, you know, from then after that, I got that bowl on the ground. I kind of just, you know, I said, okay, listen, this is – this isn't going to be the end of it. I'm going to, I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to make, I'm going to make this season one to remember. And then, you know, again, and then I end up getting another bull in, in Alberta and um, I killed a, a, a Buffalo for the first time and, uh, with my bow and, you know, great mule deer and, and an even better whitetail. And so again, you know, it's all about perspective. It, it's, it's, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the end of it. So um, I, I just needed to, I just needed to to learn that, and it's funny. It took my 11 year old son to teach me it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I love it. Like uh, life is just full of lessons, you know. And um, you, you um, being a student of the game, whether that's in bow hunting or in life, uh, you just continue to improve and like approach things different way. Yeah, congratulations on such a good season, man. It was really fun to watch your elk season play out, as I know how driven you were for elk. 
But it, it just reminds me too, like a lot of times I look at guys and there's a lot of guys that are really physically fit that are going really hard. And we talked about the importance of that, but it is multifaceted. And I think the thing that really separates me here in the lower 48 it is um, just my experience and knowledge, you know, like hunting all these different species and all these different habitats. I've been able to build this skill set of being able to find quality critters uh, in these mountains. And sometimes I separate myself by miles or elevation or using my physical fitness. But a lot of times it's just being crafty. It's like you went home and got on Onyx, looked at the places you could hunt. You came up with a couple great bowls and they weren't, you know, they they weren't the most physically demanding as I'm sure they were physically demanding, but they were like spots that you looked at that you could get into and hunt with that hip injury. So a lot of times I think like the thing that really separates us is is this knowledge or this experience or this ability to be able to find these critters inside these units, like like really honing that craft of like being a good woodsman and being, you know, paying attention to sign, like being able to e-scout, like all this I think plays just as important a, a role in success as, as being physically fit or being able to shoot our bow, like just being able to dissect the landscape and be able to determine what's a bucky feature, where these elk are hanging. It's like such a, a, a major piece to the puzzle is just that, that knowledge, that the ability to find those critters. And it sounds like that's what you tapped into this season. Yeah, for sure, man. And, and that, and that was it, the exact same, you know, just, just like you said, and, you know, you, there was a challenge I had to overcome and, you know, challenge is really nothing more than opportunity in disguise. And, um, you know, that, that's what I did. I, I took what I knew I could do and applied it to places that I knew I was going to be able to hunt. And that's all I did. And, um, I mean, elk or elk, just, be, you don't have to get six ridges over to find elk. I mean, I like getting over there just because there's nobody else. Right. But, uh, unfortunately that was out of the card. So I stuck to areas I knew I could and, and knowing elk, I mean, I, I, I pick road systems, but you know, I just, I just took what I knew, what I've learned throughout the years hunting elk and I applied it to this, to the same principles like the elk, they're not going to be want to be around the road. So, I mean, I, I, I hunted, I took my truck, and then I just simply walked to places off the roads and did some calling. And, you know, I, I went in a little earlier and stayed a little later than the other guys that were going in there. And, um, you know, it just made me successful. And it, it's it's those little things that you do. It's the little extras. I mean, even it doesn't matter what you do in life. If, if you're shooting your bow, if you're at work, if you're willing to do a little extra and put in a little extra work, a little extra time, you're going to come out more successful than the people who aren't. Yeah, that's... Um... So spot on it is uh, the the little things. It seems simple, right? To to be out there earlier than the next guy or later uh, than the next guy, or, but it is just those little things. It's like that that you know, getting out any free day you have or giving your full effort when you are out there. And yeah, I see it all the time. Like everybody knows to be at a vantage point at last light. But I see so many guys that are headed down to go have dinner in camp or to make it to their truck by dark uh, because, you know, they hunt a lot of grizzly bear country and, um, you know, they would they want to be safe. But, boy, those, those animals, they know it and feel the pressure. And a lot of them don't come out until the last 
10, 15 minutes of light. And I just know those little things that you're talking about, they add up and, and put success in your favor. Like I know I was hunting a spot this year that, that did take physical fitness to get into. I called it like the middle of the middle because it was like the farthest place away from any access or road in the whole mountain range. And so it was this middle section that had no roads, no trails. And, um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I could have stayed in there and camped or brought uh, my um, my my camping gear, but I ended up day hunting this place as I you could come in from a couple different directions, and I was playing the wind, and I was hunting a great bull in there. But it it was like I was the only person at the trailhead in the morning at four o'clock that was leaving. Uh, and, and I saw it too. Like I got in there and it was great elk hunting and I'd have great action. And I got into that middle of that middle and had this great morning. And, the I made a play after this great six point bull with these cows. There were bugles all around me. He tucked into the thick timber and I thought, well, I'm just going to play this this evening when he comes back out. And I actually had a good play on him in the evening, but I know when I was sitting in there at nine thirty, ten o'clock in the morning, and I was sitting, you know, just a ridge away from where this elk put in. I heard a bugle and a cow call, which it was late and everything had, had quieted up. And, and then I look up on the ridge and I see these hunters and they had hiked in to this great elk drainage. But they had started at daybreak where I had started at four in the morning to get in there. And now they're making the calls from this ridge line. They don't hear anything. Nothing answers them because they're they're too late. And they hike out and they never knew that they were in one of the best elk drainages in the whole mountain range just because they weren't there on time. And so those little tiny things, like, they add up. Like, the devil's in the details on these hunts. And continuing to do the right thing day in, day out, it 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 creates opportunities. And, you know, it wasn't but a few days later, and I was able to arrow a nice bull. And, um, you know, I think it is due to those little things that you're talking about uh, that, that, that aren't it, – it's almost like just discipline of making yourself do the right thing day in, day out. And it, it adds up, man. It, it, it creates opportunities, that's for sure. Oh yeah, 100%, man. And, and then my first bull was, you know, the same sort of scenario. There were, I was hunting in a, in a heavily pressured area and just, you know, this heavily pressured area that elk, elk, those elk can still be killed. But again, you have to do, you have to go back and, you know, I, I've spent a long time and I've learned all those, I've done all those little mistakes. And so you, you, you know, you have to put your time in, you have to, you have to learn the hard lessons, but, you know, again, you you just have to do the little things. And, you know, there was guys going in there, but there was guys getting, I was getting in there at the same time. You know, I was getting in there at four o'clock in the morning and I was leaving at 10 o'clock at night and guys were coming and going. Guys were getting in there at nine o'clock. They walk around, do some, do some calls in the middle of the day when the, when the elk are already bedded down and then they'd leave. Right. Um, they just, it's those little things. Again, it's those little things that you have to you have to be fully committed if you're if you're going to be successful. I find you got to be all in and and you just have to chip away at it. It's just like we were talking earlier about working out. It's not going to happen. It might not happen today, but you just keep plugging away, plugging away, plugging away, and then all of a sudden one day it all comes together, man. And it's awesome when it does. Oh man, those elk are tough in BC, right? And this has been like a, a goal of yours is to be like a really proficient elk hunter. Had to feel good to accomplish those those goals this year and knock two of them down with your bow. That's amazing, man. Yeah, you know, so I I haven't been bow hunting at, like a strictly bow hunter as long as uh you guys, but I mean, 
the process for me, it, it was really hard to get into. Like I, I, I grew up in BC. So obviously I started hunting and fishing at a young age. My dad was, was a hunter and my stepdad, he was a fisherman. So, you know, we fished lots on the Skeena River, the ocean. You could just imagine some of the fishing trips we had. Um, but, you know, like hunted blacktail. My dad was a big moose hunter, hunted moose, and obviously black bears. There's no shortage of black bears up here or grizzly bears. Um, but, you know, I, I moved down to Kelowna, and I, I just fell in love. I fell in love with elk hunting. And, you know, I started out rifle hunting, and, um, you know, my cousin got me into the bow, into the bow. And then it was a slow progression to be, to get fully committed to become a bow hunter. And like the topography in BC is a little different than it is down the lower 48. It's, some of it's pretty nasty. So I always made that as an excuse. Um, you know, I'd go out and I'd, I'd, I'd take my bow out, but I'd always have my rifle as a backup. And then, um, one year I, I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to stick with my bow. I'm going to take the sight off my rifle, put it away. I'm not even going to pull it out. And that was a hard season. I think I, I killed one bear in the spring and the whole fall. I, I wasn't able to harvest any animal. And then again, you know, I just slowly chipped away at it. I worked on shooting my bow every day. I stayed in physical, good physical condition. I changed, I came up with a new hunt plan to hunt in places that were more conducive to bow hunting. I just chipped away at little and by little, by little. And, you know, if you chip away at something and if you do something long enough, it's like the saying goes, you hang around the barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut, right? And slowly <laughs> things started to make, start to work. And then year after year, it got a little better, a little better. I was, you know, I got an elk down, I got an elk and a deer down, you know, and then last year, you know, you get an elk, a moose and all these things come together. And then it's like, you get to the point where, I, you know, I had this year and it's like, I didn't need, it, it's funny, like, it's all in it's all in the process for me and like we talked about the journey right it's not it what limit what didn't limit me wasn't where i can go it's just what i've done in the past yeah that's um that's exactly it there's um and those critters they just don't come easy with the bow so it is like putting in all this work towards your goal but you know you don't not everybody sees all that work you put in or that commitment or the years of dedication it takes to become proficient with a bow and arrow. Like it is such a difficult challenge, you know, and you get to see the highlights on social media of these animals that, that do get harvested. But man, there, there's a lot of work behind each and every one of those. And not only for that season, but years of dedication, you know, uh, uh, dedication to the, to the craft and, and, and to the hard work. And so, yeah, I know you're constantly uh, putting in the work and that is with your bow and on the mental side. So like the, you know, like being able to be clutch on those animals is a big one. I, I remember in my younger days as a bow hunter, like I, I got proficient at like being able to create those opportunities, but then I'd fall apart when all the pressure was on me and I did finally get that shot and I had to work my way through that, you know, through, you know, bow hunting a lot of different critters and being able to get a hold of myself, uh, being able to shoot in a bunch of high pressure moments in the off season as well. And I just, like you said, I just kept chipping away at it until eventually you, you begin, you know, pretty soon I consider myself clutch or really good at seizing the opportunity when I get the chance. But it, it wasn't, 
it wasn't something I just dreamed up or it wasn't something that just happened. It happened over time of like uh, of having that failure and that failure. It it cuts so deep. It's like when you work so hard to kill a six point bull and you finally have one standing in front of you and, and then you miss the shot or uh, miss the opportunity like, oh, man, does that cut deep? It hurts. And that hurt and that pain like drives you to become better and be better in that situation the next time it comes around. But it is like this progression. It It isn't something that just instantly happens. It's all this hard work over the years, all this dedication over the years. Uh, it finally adds up to your favor where you do have those skill sets to show up and, and be undeniable or you do get that opportunity and become clutch. So it sounds like that was like – the season you had this year, like being able to harvest a couple different bulls, a moose, a, a mule deer, a, a, a whitetail, like, like, um, man, that's just like, it, it is all your hard work for all the years and dedication to bow hunting. You know, that's the journey. It's just now like the accolades are, are starting to catch up to all the work that you put in. Yeah. And 100%. It's the consistency, a consistency that com- compounds over years and, uh, and that's all I can attribute it to, man. It's getting out every day. You know, if it's, if it's nine 30 and you put the kids to bed and it's like, okay, well, I have a shot today. I still have to go and I still have to shoot. Uh, I have to do that. Um, and like, you might not think that these little things add up and like some people can say, Oh, well, I could pull my boat and five months later I can, or I don't have to shoot my bow and five for five months. I can pull it out and within two weeks. I can, I can group, you know, four inches at, uh, 50 yards. Okay. Yeah. You might be able to do that, but listen, shooting on an animal and shooting in high wind situations and shooting in elevate on you know, elevated slopes, it's a lot different than shooting at a target standing still when there's no wind. You have to, and you have to put yourself through all these things. You have to practice for these because when you're out hunting, you have to be able to perform. And if you can't perform, if you don't practice how you need to perform, you're not going to be able to perform. I mean, it, you just won't. So like when I shoot, I shoot, I mean, you know, I, I shoot with the way, if it's windy, I'll go out and shoot. I love that. I love shooting in the wind because most of the time, especially when you're hunting mule deer on some of these, in some of these places, it's, you're going to have windy days. You're going to have windy mornings, windy afternoons. So you have to practice that. You have to be willing to commit fully. And, and, and I, again, man, and I love this process. I love the process of being a bow hunter. I love everything about it. Like the, you know, getting up in the morning, training, I love shooting my bow every day. It, it just centers me in life. You know, that the process of being a bow hunter, I find it, it not only helps me become a better bow hunter, but it also helps me become a better dad, a better employer, uh, you know, a better friend, a better son. And all these other things that I, I learn in, in the process of becoming a better bow hunter, they help me in my life throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the year. Man, we're just, um, you know, we're miles apart, but just cut from the same cloth. It's, I, I get that. Uh, you know, and we started the conversation with um, believing in the process, and I think that's one of the things that you do really well, and one of the things that I believe in is, like, you know, I'm, I'm not – I believe that shooting my bow every day makes me a better archer. It just uh, that bow is an extension of me. And so shooting in all these different 
scenarios and circumstances like I believe it makes me better I believe these runs make me better and I may only be improving by 0.1 or 0.01 per day but I'm improving it's the right trajectory and I believe wholeheartedly in it and I think you know maybe in my younger years or maybe I see other guys that you know they may get a run in a week or a couple runs or they may get their bow out but they I don't know that they really buy into it or that they really believe in it. And I think that's like such a major piece of this is like you have to believe that you you are getting better, that this is going to make the difference come season, that this map research or these hours I spend on Google Earth or on X are going to make me understand the landscape better. Shooting my bow day in, day out is going to make me better during those moments of high pressure. And so I think like – really buying into it and believing in it wholeheartedly, like then it just comes, I, I won't say it comes easy, but it does. It's just like, it's part of you. It's part of your life. It's like, I know each and I know I'm going to run today. I know I'm going to shoot my bow. I know I'm going to do my weight training because it makes me better. And I believe in it and I'll be better come season because of it. And I think that's like I continue to improve. I haven't hit my ceiling and it's one of the beautiful things about bow hunting is like I don't know that I ever will. You know, the it's so multifaceted and it's so difficult like that that I believe I put in this work day in day out and I'm continuing to get better and, and get smarter and and clutch in those scenarios or better in those scenarios uh i'm honing my instincts all the time like i believe i'm becoming better day in day out and i believe wholeheartedly in it and i think that's one of the things that you do really well kevin is you believe wholeheartedly in your process uh of working hard towards your goals and, and now you're seeing it come to fruition with your success with your bow and arrow which is extremely difficult yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, everything that I have and I've accomplished has just been from hard work and it's been a, it's been a lifetime of slowly chipped away. And, and like when it comes down to bow hunting, I know next year is going to, going to present its whole new, whole new, all these new challenges next year are going to come up and it's going to be different from this year. And I may not have it as, as good of a year next year as I had this year. I don't know that. But what I do know is I'm going to continue to chip away at. I'm going to continue to train. I'm going to continue to run. I'm going to continue to train to shoot my bow every single day. So when it comes, when September comes, I'm going to be ready. Regardless, like I said, it, 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 you know, last year all the stars aligned and it might not go that way. But I mean, when you when you put in the time and you put in the work consistently for a decade or longer. Um, Things just seem to, you know, they, they just, like you said, they, everything starts to fall into place. Things start to make sense. You start to realize what worked, what does, doesn't. And like, hey, let's be realistic. I mean, we're hunting. Not everything works the way it should. But, I mean, when you take, when you do as much as you can consistently, day in, day out, you just chip away at these little things, you're going to close the gap. Um, you, you're going you're gonna to find that um, in bow hunting in life that, you know, if you work hard, you keep continue to work hard. Um Things are gonna think things are gonna start to, to work in your favor. Yeah, uh, so right. I, you know, I I can't remember the last bad season I've had. I haven't had like I committed to my bow like you. I think it was like 2006. I committed to my bow, and I remember being worried about filling my freezer, putting my rifle down, and making sure that I could. 
uh, have meat every year in my freezer. And, you know, since then, I've continued to chip away and to work really hard at my goals. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't fill out on every hunt. There's some tough hunts and, you know, sometimes it isn't in the card, but I run a, a pretty good success rate and to date, every single season is epic for me. It's like, I, I don't have a bad season and I don't rest on my laurels of last season and just figure, well, next season's going to be the same way. I'm going to be great and I'm going to kill these animals. I continue to put in this work and like be really hungry and, and work hard after my goals in every single season, I have an epic season. It just, it, it, like you say, it starts compounding. And now my skill sets are to a place where I can have confidence in it and I can set higher goals. And I know that I'm going to get my chances to be able to accomplish those goals. But yeah, it's, um, it compounds. So it's like, you know, it's something I used to worry about, uh, being able to fill my freezer, have success with my bow and arrow, but but now it just seems like year in, year out, I know I'm going to put in the time. I know, you know, I believe in my process. And so like each and every year is absolutely epic for me. So I don't have bad seasons just because of that consistency and hard work that I put in. And I I think that's, you know, it's, it's definitely what I'm striving for. But I know come 2024 – you know, the, the animals don't know my reputation. The animals don't know what I've accomplished. Like, you know, they're crafty and they have great instincts. And I know each and every year I got, I have to go out and prove myself again. I have to make the right moves to put myself on top. And so, like, it's not that I don't celebrate my successes of last season, but I definitely don't rest on those laurels. And it's like, well, I'm starting over. It's a clean slate in 2024, and if I want to accomplish those goals, I've got to put in the work now to make sure that I'm ready. Because once season gets here, I have the skills that I have. I, I'm not improving anymore. Like, maybe I'm honing my instincts and definitely, like, you know, experience hunting makes you a better hunter, but I'm not improving my shooting when I'm spending so much time hunting. Like I'm not shooting the arrows that I would shoot in the off season. I still try to keep sharp in my physical fitness. I'm going hard in the mountains and maybe I'm getting in mountain shape, but I'm not able to put this focus in my running day in, day out. I'm still getting some runs in, but my point is, is that you have the skill set that you've worked hard for once season gets here. And the time to put in the work is in the off season to improve these skill sets to ensure that success or at least that chance at it. Yeah, for sure, man. All these things are perishable. That's why you have to keep at it. You have to shoot your bow a lot. You have to shoot it. I mean, I shoot my bow not every day, but almost damn near every day of the year. And, you know, I train all year round. I train all year round, you know, obviously to be a healthier person, to be physically fit, to live longer for my kids. But I mean, ultimately the goal is to be a better bow hunter and it all sort of plays into, it's all sort of, for me, it's, it's, it's all part of that journey. And, and yeah, man, like, uh, it, it, it was, it was, you know, this year was really good. And next year, you know, like you said, the animals don't know. And I, you know, I don't know what's in store for me next year. I mean, I'll, I put in for a lot of LEH tags and so we'll see what happens. I mean, it's exciting, but I know for a fact, if I do the work now, day in, day out, it's going to give me the best chance of being successful in September. And that I think that's what, if you apply that to anything in life, you're going to be successful. And I really, truly believe that. I mean, I, to me, we're all born the same. We're all, I mean, some of us are a little, you know, have 
different, you know, they're a little more skilled. They pick up a basketball, they can do a slam dunk or whatever, right? But I mean, we all have, we're all, for the most part, we're all born with the same amount of fingers and toes. We all have, we all have the same ability, but you just have to be willing to, you have to be willing to do those little things day in, day out. And over a lifetime, if you continue to do that throughout your life, you're going to wake up one day, like you're going to be 45 years old, which I'm 45. And you're going to look back and be like, man, that was a lot. That was a hard road to get to where I am. But man, am I glad I did it the way I did it? Because I mean, you have things. I have things now that a lot of people say, oh, it must be nice. Right. They, they look at your life and they're like, man, it must be nice to have that. It must be nice to go out and be able to kill six animals. Well, it, it's 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 the process. It's the work. You have to do it. And it, it's never too late to start. I mean, I could start now at 45 if I'm willing to put in the put in the work day in, day out and just slowly chip away. You don't have to go out and do everything I'm doing in a day. You just do the most you can within your ability and you just slowly chip away at it. One day it's all going to come together and it's going to be great when it does, man. 100 percent. Just optimizing ourselves at at any age. And if you're young, maybe you don't have the experience or the the time, but you know what you do have is, is you have day in day out. You can make the time for us. So, you know we sleep for seven eight hours, or we work for eight hours. There's still a lot of time in the day to fit it in. And whether you have to sacrifice sleep, um, you know, because for both me and you, like spending time with our kids is important. So I know, like I have this evening time that I spend with them that that you know where i don't where i do want to be present and spend this quality time so you know i've got to fit my runs in at different times i got to fit my weight training in my bow shooting at different times maybe after they go to bed but it it's so important to me to fit it in that i make it a priority in my life so yeah man it's um you're absolutely spot on is that that moose that you harvested last year back on your wall man that's a great moose yeah yeah that was the that was the first moose i've shot moose before uh, but that was the first one I got with my bow. Down where, so I'm in the southern region of British Columbia. It's not open for bull. Like, it, there's this funny spike fork season down here, so it's it's a fairly hard LEH to get. And that was last year, and it was funny. Like, I was following you along when you were on your moose hunt, and like my moose hunt was a little later in the season, but it was very similar to yours. I got mine the second to last day, and I just kept grinding. It's just you know, I I I was was having a really hard time even finding moose. And I said, no, I know there's moose in here because there's sign, there's fresh sign. And I just, you know, I just, again, I, I trusted the process. I did all the little things. I just, I kept plugging away at it. I went in early, I stayed late and I just, you know, I just wrote it out and I do did all the things that I knew that it made me successful in previous hunts. And I applied it to this one and yeah, sure enough, I, I got that guy at 52 yards and I was, I was pretty ecstatic when I got him until about, uh, until I got to him and then reality sat in of how far I have to get him over. So. <laughs> Moose are heavy. It's, um, yeah, well, it sounds like you got the full experience for him. Is that a, a Canadian? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful moose, man. Um, great fronts, great paddles on the back. Good for you. Well, yeah, it sounds like our journeys were similar on moose. Sounds like you had to grind and you, you have to just believe you're doing the right thing. So moose hunting is extremely difficult, at, at least, you know, my experience doing it. It's like lower populations and those, those bulls are just 
they're fairly random at where you catch them. Like you can go into a good moose area. Like there's plenty of days that I moose hunt where I don't see a moose, you know, or I just find some cows. But yeah, I had to just keep believing that, uh, you know, driving the roads, grabbing master vantage points, still hunting these bottoms where moose frequent. I just had to keep doing that and putting in that that effort day in, day out. And eventually you get an opportunity. It sounds like that's how it happened for you, too. So 52 yards, second to last day. Uh, how many days did you did you have into hunting moose? So it was a 30 it was a 30 day draw. Um, it was uh, the draw was 30 days. And. I think I hunted before that. I didn't hunt every day. That was probably my 22nd or 23rd day of hunting. It was quite a bit. And, you know, uh, it, uh, Oh, sorry, I lost you there for a second, oh, yeah. Kevin. So yeah. uh, I just heard it was your 22nd day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I hunted that for, I think it was 22 days I was out actually hunting. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a grind. But I, I just knew I, I if I if I applied all those things that have worked before, you know, if I just kept plugging away, applied, I, I, I checked off all the little boxes or all the boxes I knew I was going to be successful. And, you know, even if I wasn't, I wasn't worried because I knew I'd, I would have given it my all. And uh, yeah, it just worked out. And uh, um, again, you know, I got to thank my wife and my, and my family for, 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 you know, taking care of the home front because they had a lot going on, but they still blessed me with the opportunity to go. So I'm, I'm pretty grateful for them, but I mean, uh, I wouldn't be where I am today without them. So, um, yeah, they're great. Yeah, it's amazing. What a great moose. Yeah, it's um, it's so important to get your family on your side and, um, you know, where they're cheering for your success as much as you are. And um, so it, it, it is like putting in that work in the off season. you know, being present, trying to do everything you can for your family. But I really like – working with my wife on these goals and i i do get asked like how does your wife put up with all the hunting you do you know and and that is still a mystery i'm not sure exactly but we do we just work together where you know she's 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 really cheering for my success and um she knows the work that i put in and then you know she knows that it makes me a better husband and better father and so she's like all in support of my passion and it's um it's tough i think you just got to have like just have this deeper connection or relationship where you talk about these things and, and they do know it is your passion and how important it is to you. And they, they do know that the effort that you make for your family, like it all equals out in the end and that you really want to chase your goals and passions, but it's so important to get your family on the same side. So not be fighting against them, fighting with them to achieve what you want in life. And then, uh, in bow hunting. And it sounds like that's what you have with your wife. Yeah. It's so, it, you know, that's why I, I, I work so hard and that's why I train in the morning. I spend as much time as I can because, like, you know what? I do miss things. Things do have Life goes on while we're out hunting. And, unfortunately, there is going to be big events and, you know, exciting stuff in our kids' lives that if we're out on a, on a hunt, we might miss that. And, you know, some of these things, especially with children, it happens once. You never get to experience it again. 
So, um, you know, that's why I work really hard at, you know, trying to be present for the time that I am here. Um, you know, I, I really do cherish the time with my kids. I try to spend as much time um, with them as possible doing things that they love to do, but also that, you know, we love to do as a family. Um, those are really important to me and to us. And like the thing about your family is, man, you really have to cherish your family because, you know, when I was down, I had that hip injury. I was, I was pretty down, but you know, it, when you, when you have hard things like that in life, it's your family that you, you're going to be able to lean on. Your family is going to be the one holding you up. The family, your family is going to be the one who helps you get back, you know, helps you get through it and back on your feet. So, um, yeah, man, for, for me, it's just, uh, you know, I, I, I love being a dad. I love being a husband and, uh, and man, I love being a bow hunter. Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, Kevin, I really appreciate your time, man. Um, I always really enjoy our conversations and I, I just, um, I love all the similarities that, that um, I'm able to draw from you. Um, yeah, it's just amazing, man. So congratulations on the success last season. Congratulations on the success of the podcast. You guys are putting out amazing content. Uh, so keep at it, man. And I just really appreciate you and your time and jumping on with me. Yeah, thanks, brother. Thanks for having me. Okay, sounds good. Well, have a good day. You too. Bye. Okay. All right, guys. Fun conversation with Kevin. Make sure to go check out his Focused Hunting podcast. Uh, they do a great job talking in-depth bow hunting there. And uh, just so impressed by this guy. Just his his work and discipline, uh, his balance between family, work life, and then hunting. Uh, and then he's just got so much grit talking about training for that ultra and things. So, yeah, just um, really like having him on the podcast and gets me fired up for hunting this 2024 season. So, uh, thanks to you guys for listening in. I want to thank our sponsors, Eberly Stock, Matthews, Forever Barnwood, and Black Ovis. Thanks to Eastman's and everything they do. Um, yeah, I just got done with the Hunting Expo, which was a great show, so may sound a little bit hoarse. It was a lot of talking, and um, yeah, it's... Gosh, I, I fell off the wagon a bit, so time to get back on it. Yesterday, got back on it as far as a, a run and weight training, but yeah, it's a... The only year I went down Wednesday, came home Sunday, and missed a few days of workouts there. Um, and I'm so disciplined, so good at getting those things in and fitting them in. But it's such a busy schedule, and I know that I'm there for Eastman's and to spend time, you know, with the staff, and then, um, you know, with a, a a lot of our our personal relationships, guys I know in the industry and things of that nature, and then also meeting you guys at the show. And so, uh, yeah, we just you know, kind of burn the candle at both ends there and, and, um, really make sure I'm putting in that work. But that does mean, you know, I ate pretty good there. Um, didn't drink too much or anything like that, but I did fall off the wagon as far as getting my runs and weight training and, you know, should have really been doing at least some pushups in the, in the hotel or whatever. But yeah, just, um, worn down and like didn't get it in so yeah it's like back to my normal routine now it's always tough to restart after you've missed a few days and a few days in a row that's probably like the longest stretch all year that I get from working out or running or uh shooting or anything for that matter so trying to make up for lost time here and get in all my workouts and um get back to the um get back to the discipline, which was what this podcast was about, you know, but, um, it is important, like all those things I do there and, uh, I don't get to spend much time with the Eastman. So, uh, it is good to spend time with them and connect, talk about things. So yeah, it was a good show. 
glad I did it. And, um, yeah, now just, um, back on the horse. So, uh, yeah, get that bow shooting good. And then, um, yeah, rock and roll. So, uh, super excited for this upcoming season and, um, hopefully we'll get lucky and draw some tags, whether it's, uh, some of those expo tags or, um, some tags in the draws, but it's been really fun putting in the research, figuring out where I'm going to apply for playing with the possibilities and the chances. And so I've been spending a lot of time doing that just fired up for this season. Like, um, really want to be at my very best. So, uh, I know being at my very best is like daily effort, weekly effort, monthly effort. And so just want to be consistent and come into this season in the best shape of my life and like really good structured time. Um, you know, make sure that I'm shooting at my very best and then um, try to see what I can do in these units. So, so fun planning these things. Uh, first up will be Spring Bear and then, yeah, kind of working on some stuff for a spring big hunt. So um, I think I got something in the works that's pretty special. So I'll talk about it after I can get it lined up or know that I'm going on it. But um, yeah, it should be a, a fun opportunity and um, just out of this world to to think I could do, you know, to play with the possibility. So I'll let you guys in on it, but, um, yeah, just make sure that I can get it lined up and it can come through. So man with that, okay, I'm rambling on. You can tell I'm tired. I've got a hoarse voice. I'm worn out and still it's a day later from the expo. So yeah, it's not like pouring concrete or building houses, but, um, it, it sure does, um, wear me out. Um, you know, it's, uh, so anyways, recovering from that, I will be back. I will be clear thinking in the future. I promise you that a great podcast from Kevin. Thanks for listening in you guys. I really appreciate the support. We'll talk soon.